So, okay, let me get to the word now. Um, I don't think too many of us would argue about all the uncertainty present in our nation now. I don't think there's many people that would argue that there are so many unknowns right now. There are so many uncertainties right now. As things progress, I find myself, it's like a big question mark to so many questions that I have. You know, just this uncertainty looming, these, these unknowns, these variables. I find so many of them facing me, all around me, and I, I just find a, a big question mark inside of me. It, it really seems like these last few years, maybe especially since 2020, that it's almost like a, a bomb of chaos has went off. It just it erupted, and, and there's so much chaos going around in our nation. Uh, you've heard me use this phrase before. I didn't coin it, but I kind of like it. But I refer to things right now as clown world. It, it's almost like clown world where things are, are backwards in, in our nation. They're backwards in our communities, in our cities. It's almost like things are, are becoming so outlandish that you wonder, is that even true? And you find out they are true. And you're like, wait a minute, what? That's, that is completely backwards from what it's supposed to be. It's clown world. For example, I came up with just a couple little examples real quick. Did anyone notice this? That I thought this was funny. This is an example of clown world. But you notice that the, the same people that are commanding everyone to take this vaccine in the name of preserving life are the same people suing the state of Texas in order to preserve the right to take life. Abortion made the, passed those laws recently, and it, they're good laws, anti-abortion laws. But the, the same group that's fighting to undo those because they want the right to terminate babies is the ones also fighting, saying, no, you need a vaccine so that you can, can preserve your life. Wait, wait a minute. I don't understand. It's backwards. It's, it's upside down world. It's clown world. Have, have any of you seen the, the drag queen story hour? You ever seen any of that happening in some of our cities? They, they bring these drag queens in and they read these goofy story books to children, little children. If, if that's not directly indoctrination of some form, then I don't know what is. I don't understand. When, go back to the day when I was a little eight-year-old, a little six, seven, eight-year-old, ten-year-old. I never thought about anything about type of gender am I or sexuality. Or I was a little boy. I ran around and did all this little stuff. Never thought anything about it. And here we are now bringing these drag queens in to indoctrinate and to influence these little innocent children. It's clown world, brothers and sisters. It's, it's upside-down world. When... When would you ever think that was actually even true? Turns out it is true. It hap it's happening in our nation. I thought this was kind of funny, another example of clown world. Does anyone remember one of the first courses of action that we took back in 2020 when this pandemic came onto our land? It's like there's a pandemic, people are getting sick, it's going to spread across the nation. What should we do? What should we do? I got it. Let's let everybody out of jail. Remember that? Just release everyone out. Of, let all the criminals out into the public. That, that seems like 
clown world. It's clown world. It's backwards world. It's upside down world. It's a world where right is wrong and wrong is right. It's clown world. You know, the Bible has stuff to say about that. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says this. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We are actively doing this in our nation. We are actively saying, well, right, hmm, here's right, now it's wrong. We're saying, well, this is wrong, hmm, not anymore, it's right. We are actively violating this scripture right now, currently, in this nation. You know when the Bible says, woe unto them, what that means is calamity is coming your way. Ruinous trouble is coming your way. When the Bible says, woe unto you, if you take evil and call it good and good evil, woe, calamity is coming your way. Ruinous trouble is coming your way. It is a warning to the nation. It is a warning to the people that violate that. And we are actively doing it in our nation. Has anyone seen, I've mentioned this before, but has anyone seen the videos of shoplifters taking handfuls? I mean, I've seen people walking like this with giant loads of merchandise and walking right out of stores. I saw a video last week. It was at Home Depot. Several people in a row were walking with handfuls of stuff, and the workers were right there, and you could tell they didn't even know what to do, and they, they, were, they were hesitating, and people walked right out, and they were throwing it in the back of their cars, throwing it in the back of their trucks, running around, getting in, and driving right off with no repercussions whatsoever, shoplifting hundreds of dollars worth of merchandise. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. I'm going to read this in the New King James Version. Listen to this now. I just find it so funny how accurate the Bible is when it comes to describing these things. It says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, now this is talking in light of end times. Okay? The, the end times, the last days, this, this verse is, this context is. It says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he now who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. That's telling me that there is an entity that is restraining complete and total lawlessness. But the first part of that scripture says, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. There is lawlessness right now in our land that is currently already now at work. You can see it, them taking the handfuls of the merchandise, stealing it, shoplifting it with no repercussions. The Bible says it's already at work. But there is someone, there's an entity restraining it. And then it's going to be full and complete when that restrainer is removed. And it'll be complete iniquity, complete lawlessness, complete chaos. Right now, he's still restraining it. But that restrainer is going to be removed one day. You know, what should we do about all these people taking this merch? And it's happening all, on all these major cities. People are just stealing stuff, taking stuff with no repercussion whatsoever. What should we do about it? I know what we should do. I got a good idea. Let's defund the police. 
Let's give them a a drastically cut budget. And and let's see how that goes. And see if that works out. For brothers and sisters, it's clown world, isn't it? It's clown world. You You would think that the notion of let's have way less police, drastically cut police, let's even just do away with law enforcement altogether. You would think... Uh, that, that is so foolish that that only makes sense in a clown world. It only makes sense in an upside-down, backwards world. But here we find this nation doing that. Right is wrong, and wrong is right. It's flip-flopped. It's unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. It's, it's, it's ironic that you can hear these, these pundits well, geez, Washington, D.C., crime is up 2,000%, and we can't figure out why. Try reading the Bible. It teaches that mankind is evil and fallen and broken and needs a Savior. Have you seen, this is weird, I'm uncomfortable talking about this. Have you seen, recently there was a, a couple, I don't know what you call them, I don't know all the politically correct stuff, but... The, the pictures of a men, a man trying to nurse a baby. Anyone seen that? I, I actually tried to do a little research into that, and it, it's so confusing to me. There's, I don't know if it was a man, a biological man and a biological woman, and they actually flip-flopped, and the man identified as a woman, the, the woman identified as the man. Somehow they ended up with a newborn infant. And the man's trying to nurse this baby. It's clown world. It's clown world. It's it's upside down world. I, I don't. It's clown world. How about the argument? I still can't get past this one. How about the argument that there's more than two genders? I'm sorry. There's only two for Jason D. I I don't know what else to tell you. To me, anything more than that is clown world. To me, it's upside down world. It's backwards world. It's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable that that is an argument that's on the table. To me, there's so much more things that are worthy of our effort to, to try and figure out than that. All the, all the cancel culture going on, the, the wokeism, and that you think about the, the tolerance you know, that they teach and they say. I find it funny that it's tolerance unless you don't think the way that the world wants you to think, then it's okay to be intolerant. That's backwards too. Did, did any of you see this? This is just a few ways ago. I think this was last weekend maybe that the, the first time ever a transgender man beat up a woman in the first ever transgender MMA match. Anyone see that? This, this biological man switched over to a woman, got into MMA, and choked into submission a lady. Congratulations. Congratulations. Such progress. Such progress, man, we, can, we are achieving such excellent heights. Now that we've left this behind and detached ourselves from this, now men can join MMA and beat up women. It's clown world. 
It's clown world. It's backwards world. You know what the Bible says about all this? Galatians, I have thought of this verse so many times over these last few years. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says this. It says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Brothers and sisters, don't be deceived. You're not going to get away with mocking God. All the constructs that he's instituted, marriage, gender, family, sexuality, you cannot say we're going to undo them. You're not, you cannot undo them, and in doing them, mock God. You will not be able to get away with it. It does not work. We have systematically removed God from this nation for decades now, and we're reaping the rewards of it now. We are reaping what we have sown. We have said no to this. Even, even many of our churches have said mm, no. And the ones that haven't said no have said, well, we'll do a little bit of this, but we need to modernize it. It needs to change with time. It does not work that way, brothers and sisters. It does not. We've systematically removed God, and now we're reaping what we've sown. If it feels good, do it. If, if you think it's truthful to you, then it is true for you. We all have our own truth. Listen, we have, we have sown materialism in this nation, and now we're reaping the corruption of it. We have sown to the flesh every form of self-indulgence, and now we're reaping what we've sown. We, we have sown moral relativism, the, the belief that, well, if you think it's true, it's true for you. If you think it's true, it's true for you. All this, there's no absolutes. Everything's a gray area. Figure out the truth for yourself. We have sown this, moral, this belief of moral relativism, and now we're reaping ridiculousness. When you take the, the truth of the Bible and you say, uh, no, I think I'm going to come up with my own version of truth. Then you move forward in your own version of truth, and sooner or later you start reaping ridiculousness. You, you end up arguing over the things that we're arguing about in this nation. Things that are ridiculous. Because you've thrown the truth away. You've neglected it. Here's, here, here's kind of what's scary about that is after a while, if I take this Bible and I say, yeah, I see what you're saying, no thanks. I'll do things my way. I don't believe that. I will come up with my own version of the truth. If you proceed in that and you push forward in that like we're doing in this nation, God stops resisting after a while. God will stop resisting our repetitive, sinful behaviors. It, it, that's scary, very scary, because it's true. If you ignore the warnings of God, because He, he chastens those whom He loves, if I go out and, and start chasing after another babe, God is going to come warn me and say, Jason, don't go down that road. I am warning you. I love you, son, but don't go down that road. And I say, thanks, Lord. 
but no thanks. I'm going to keep going down. I'm going to pursue this and see where it leads to. God's going to come back again. He's going to say, son, I told you don't do that. Don't go that direction. It does not lead somewhere good. Son, don't do it. And I keep saying, forget you, Lord. I'm going to. I don't need you. God's going to say, okay, okay. Have it your way. Your will be done, Jason. Your will be done. It's scary. You know, if you tell God to go away, if you say, go away, go away, I don't need you. He'll do what, what he says he's going to do in Romans chapter 1. Now, you've heard me speak on Romans chapter 1 many a times. I've, I've made reference to it many of times. I'm going to ask all of you at some point become familiar with Romans chapter 1. Okay, become familiar with it. Therefore, if I mention it in the future, you'll say, yeah, I read Romans chapter 1. I know what he's talking about. In Romans chapter 1, God, if you ignore him long enough, he will give you over to what you want. He'll give you over to it. It says it three times in Romans chapter 1. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. What that means is, is there's people going towards things that God says don't go towards those things. Don't do it. I'm warning you. Don't cross that boundary. And these people say, mm, be quiet, Lord. I'm going to go over there anyway. And they keep going. They keep going. They cross the boundary. And God says, okay, I'm also going to give you up. I'll, you want to be unclean? I'll give you up to it. Have at it. Wallow in it all you want. It says, for this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. It says a third time, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. God is giving these people over. He's giving that nation over. Okay, nation, you want to reject me? You want to reject my laws? You want to trample on the Ten Commandments? You want to spit on all the cross of Calvary? Okay, have it your way. I will give you exactly what you want. I will give you over to it. Okay, God says, you don't want to view sexuality the way I designed it? I, I say in my word, one man... One woman in the confines of marriage, you say no, okay, do it your way then. And let me know how it works out. Have it your way. Do you want to know how it's working out for us? This is how it's working out for us. We said no, God. Sexuality isn't what you say it is. It's what we say it is. Well, here's how it's working out. I just gathered this data from the, the CDC it says this, 20 million new cases of sexually transmitted diseases and sexually transmitted infections each year in the United States. 20 million new cases each year. Chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis being the leaders, the, the, the top three sexually transmitted diseases in those areas. How's it working out for you? 20 million new cases of sexually transmitted disease, sexually transmitted infestations inside of our young folks, most of them in their 20s. How's it working out for you? To me, that, that is a concern, concerning epidemic in this nation. Sexually trans, But the funny thing is, in clown world, I ain't heard any mandates about that. I haven't heard anyone come and say, uh... Sexual relations will only take place between a married man to his wife. If not, you're going to lose your job. I ain't heard any of those mandates. 
if, 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 if you don't keep it to the confines of marriage, young people, uh, then you won't be able to buy or sell. I ain't heard any mandate. I ain't heard any governor say anything about that. How's it working out for you when you tell God, mm, nah, we'll do it our way? Wherefore, God gave them up to uncleanness. You, you want to you wanna have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want, with whomever you want? Okay, okay. Wherefore, God gave them over to uncleanness. God says, okay, you don't want to view gender the way I designed it. I made men the way that they are. I made women the way that they are. I wired each one for a specific purpose. We say, no, God. Nah, not anymore. This is 21st century. Come on, get modern. We don't need an ancient old Bible to tell us what what gender is, what a man is, what a woman is. Furthermore, we can flip-flop back and forth. God says, okay, okay, have it your way. Let me know how it works out for you. He's got to be up in heaven looking down on us going, groundhogs are smarter than human beings. God says, how's it working out for you? Do you want to know how this gender thing is working out for us? Men are trying to nurse babies. That's how it's working out. Men are beating up women in MMA. That's how it's working out. Such progress. Men are beating women in women's sports. This this is unbelievable. What what could God possibly be thinking about this nation He's got to be looking at us saying, <laughs> I'm glad that his, his mercy is, is not like my mercy. I would have said I'm done long ago. I don't know how we're here, folks. I don't, I don't know how he hasn't wiped us clear off the map. I don't. Romans 1.28 says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient. Do you know what it means to have a reprobate mind? It means a a mind of depravity. That your mind is warped. That your mind, your way of thinking, your thought process is corrupt. It's bad. It's no good. God, to to the people that say, no thanks God, we're going to keep going. He warns and he warns and he warns. And if you ignore him long enough, he's going to say, okay. But you're going to end up with a completely warped mind. Completely degenerated thought process. Completely debauched way of thinking. A completely ruined mode of thinking. All your thoughts will be evil and wicked. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Church, don't don't even get me started on all the innocent blood that we spill in this nation of the unborn children. I think in in the announcements, I don't know if Wayne got to it or not, I was busy, but we have a little, uh, we have our our, uh, right to life thing we're going to do, I think, here on Maple. I'm going to go to it. I'm going to go to it. I, I encourage you too. It's a little prayer walk type thing. They supply signs. Man, you might as well give me everyone else protests. You might as well protest something. I th- I think it's 
is it 3,000 babies a day in the United States? I, I might call that a genocide. It's a genocide. What do, you, what do you think God's thoughts are about that? The, the one who fearfully and wonderfully makes us, the one who knits us together in the womb. The, the Bible says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, God has made them both. To me, I, I like to think about things like that. How in the world do we have vision? It's so weird that, you know, we, we talk about camera lenses and uh, my, my son's in a photography cat class, and he's saying, Dad, these lenses are so neat. They take such good pictures, and you know, man can invent these big lenses that zoom in and out. God makes all of it automatically happen instantaneously. I can look at this, and instantly my mind will focus, or my eyes will focus on something back there. God makes all those things fearfully and wonderfully, and we're slaughtering them by the thousands. Church, we, we live in an extremely sinful nation extremely sinful nation it's all around us all these things that i've mentioned to you this morning they're at your back door they're at your front door they're all around us it's permeated our school systems academia the workplace our neighborhoods our communities our shopping centers you know the last few months I've shared this with a handful of you just talking, but I have found myself not knowing the answers to a lot of questions that I have. You know, I like to try to analyze and figure some things out and read my Bible and try to see where things are going. Because the place that I call home, when it gets corrupted and it goes bad and it's given over to a reprobate mind, it causes a lot of questions in me. Lots of, I got lots of questions this morning, church. I don't know if you do, but I do. I got lots of questions. What's going to happen to us if they do this? I don't know. What's going to happen to us if they, they do that? I don't know. I don't know. What, what will happen to my livelihood if they do this to the churches? I don't know. What happens if they institute this directive? I don't know. What happens if they institute this mandate? I don't know. I don't know. All these are questions that I have. And all I can find myself saying is, I don't know. I don't know what the answers to all these questions are. I have been soul searching. I spend time in prayer alone with the Lord. I have so many questions. And so many times the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. That's not God's answer to me. It's me, myself. I don't know what's going to happen. What's the future hold? I don't know. Where are you going to be in five years? I don't know. I don't know. This is kind of embarrassing, but you know, these are all internal questions that I have. But embarrassingly, I kind of snapped at my poor wife a week or two ago when she, she kind of asked me one of those questions that I'd been thinking. You know, poor, poor Shannon, all she did was verbalize one of the questions that I had been wrestling with and I snapped at her you know she said Jason what, what you, what's going to happen if this happens I don't know Shannon I don't know I'd like to know the answer but I don't know I don't know what's going to happen if this happens I don't know okay and I, I bit her head off I don't know what could happen to us I don't know what could happen to our family I don't know what could happen to our church 
And she's standing there like, what is your problem? <laughs> now I apologized because she just kind of, like I said, verbalized one of the questions that I'd been wrestling with. I apologized and she understood and I explained, you know, why I kind of yelled. Didn't yell at her, but just snapped at her and she understood. Anyway, the, the fact remains, there are a whole lot of unknowns all around us. Amen? Anyone, anyone else wrestling with some of these questions? What's going to happen to me? What could happen to my family? What about my church family? Lots of unknowns. There's an awful lot of uncertainties. I know you feel them. You know, it's, it's funny, but unknowns and uncertainties are exactly what they are. They're unknown and they're uncertain. What is certain about uncertainties is that they are the uncertain. Did I trick you? What I'm saying is that's what they are. They're unknown. They're uncertain. You don't know. You don't know. You know, after wrestling with them for a while, and I've wrestled with some of these questions for a while, I have. I've kind of come to a conclusion. After trying to figure stuff out and, and wrestling and battling and trying to get some answers, I've come to this conclusion. Because you know, I like to keep things simple. I don't like when life gets overly complex. I don't want to dwell in the uncertainties. I don't want to wrestle with all the unknowns. I've wrestled with them long enough. You know, wrestle and try to figure something out and you can't because you don't know because I don't have the ability to see the future. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't. I don't. I don't want to deal with uncertainties. I don't want to deal with the unknowns. I choose, I consciously choose to focus on what is known and what is certain. That, that's what I'm going to focus on. I hope that mindset gets over to you this morning. Listen, one of those things in my life, and I hope in your life, that is known is this, God is faithful. That's enough for me, church. That is a known certainty in my life. God is faithful. He's faithful. Look, I'm 45 years old. I can't see the future. I know a couple of you have come and asked me a few questions. and I, I try my best to to give the best response that I can. I can't see the future, but you know what I can do? I can recall the past. I can think about what's happened to me in my 45-year span of life. For 45 years, listen to me because I mean this with all my heart, God has been faithful to me. God has been faithful to my family, and God has been faithful to this church. He has. We just talked about a, an awesome playground that God gave us in the midst of all this stuff. God gave us a playground for our children. God's faithful. God's faithful. Y'all can have the unknowns. I'm done with them. I'm going to focus on God who is faithful. He was faithful to the apostles. He was faithful to the early church fathers. He was faithful to the martyrs. He's faithful to the persecuted still to this day. God is faithful. He makes a way. Isn't it miraculous? And isn't it funny that every one of us in this room has come to a point where we've thought, I ain't going to make it through this. I'm not going to make it. This problem's too big. This, this, this ditch is too wide. I can't get across. The, I'm never going to make it. You made it, didn't you? 
Why? Because God is faithful. You survive the things you swear you can't survive because God is faithful. Now, it might not be exactly what we had envisioned. I always envision a future of peace. We're all rich. Everybody's healthy. Everything's perfect. Everything's prosperous. That's what I envision. Now, it might not happen exactly that way because God's plan is pretty much always different than my plan. Now, there might be some bumps along the road. We might hit some speed bumps. I think in the future there's going to be some bumps along the way. But know this, God is faithful. He's faithful. Listen to this, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. The writer of Hebrews is saying, Hold on to Christ Jesus. Hold on to the cross. Hold on to the things you've gleaned out of the Bible. Hold on to good doctrine. Hold on to it with everything you've got. Why? Because he's faithful. At the end of the road, you'll be able to say, God, you were faithful. When we're all up in heaven together and things are perfect and everything is perfect and all the tears are wiped away, no more pain and suffering, diseases and sickness, we'll be able to look at him and say, you were faithful. You were true. Brothers and sisters, don't let your focus be on the unknown. It's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. You're never going, once you think you got to the end of it, there's another tunnel that shoots off that way. Once you go that way, you think you got to the answer, there's another one that shoots off that way. They're unknowns, they're uncertainties, and I give up on them. Don't focus on the variables, focus on what is known. What is known? God is the unchanging constantness of faithfulness in our lives. He is unchanging and He's constant and He's faithful. That's known. I'm going to live in that. James chapter 1 verse 17 says this. Listen closely to these words. Remember, the Bible's not just words. We live by this. It's the sustenance of our life. And the scriptures tell us this morning, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. No variation with God. No turning with God. He does not alter. He does not change. He does not revive what He said. He does not revamp what He said. There is no variableness with God. There is no degree of variation when it comes to God. Well, he, he could respond this way, or maybe this way, or maybe way over. Nope, it's the same every single time. There is no variation nor shadow of turning. Listen to me now. Didn't he not? The, the Bible's here to encourage us. If you're discouraged and you're getting beat up by all the unknowns, maybe you're not spending enough time reflecting on the things that God did for his people. He brought his children He brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea on dry ground, didn't he? He was faithful. He knocked down the massive walls of Jericho like Pastor Joe mentioned last week. He was faithful, wasn't he? He was. He caused the stone to whack Goliath in the forehead, didn't he? He was faithful. He rained down manna for the Israelites to eat. He caused the ark to float during the flood. God knows what in the world he's doing. He knows how to deal with unknowns. He knows how to deal with uncertainties. And what he did for them, he will do for me. Why? 
Why do I believe that he could do the same for me? Because the nature of God is unchanging. The nature of God is faithfulness. That's who he is. And I believe that. I, I serve the God of the Bible that did these things. There is no variation with God. There is no degree to which he varies. That is a known factor in my life. Out of, out of all the unknowns and all the, the variables and all the uncertainties, we all have them. If you're a human being, you've got uncertainties in your life. Where are you going to be in five years? I don't know. Where are you going to be in ten years? I don't know. What's going to happen to your job? I don't know. Out of all those unknowns, out of all the variables in my life, God is not one of them. God is not one of them. You cannot take God and say, God, I'm going to put you over here in the category of the unknowns. God is not an unknown. He reveals through his word to us who he is. And how he reacts to things. His laws. God is a certainty in my life. And I'm going to focus on him. What's our government going to do? Heaven only knows, church. Heaven only knows. Well, what's, what's the, the next political platform? What are they going to say? What are they going to do? Heaven only knows, brothers and sisters. Heaven only knows. Well, what, what's, what's the governor going to do? Heaven only knows, church. What's going to happen to our finances? Heaven only knows. They're going to come put me in jail? Heaven only knows. I don't know. I don't know. Then what do you know? I know that God is faithful. You know what? When I think about that and when I focus on that, it builds me up. And then I come to the conclusion that because God is faithful and I have trusted my life to him, that's enough for me. That's enough for me. That's enough for me to move forward. That's enough for me to keep continuing on and going on and moving forward. That's good for me. All the unknowns, I don't know what's going to happen to me, my finances. God is faithful. That's enough. That's good enough for me. Listen to, and I'll bring this to a close. I know I've been going on a while. Listen to what Solomon says at the, the benediction of the first temple. You remember Solomon built the first temple. David wasn't allowed because he was too much of a warrior. King Solomon said this, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. He says, Blessed be the Lord that has given us rest unto his people, Israel, according to all that he has promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hands of Moses, his servant. Not one word that God speaks will fail. Not one word of it. You can bank on that. That, that is an example of God's invariability. Not one word. If he, if he said it, then it's in there for you. It's true. Not one of his pr promises will fail you. He was faithful to them. He'll be faithful to us. Listen to what Moses said in Deuteronomy, the rehearsing of the law. It says this in Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. It says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Amen to that. That is enough for me. 
You know what it means to be faithful? It means to be loyal. God is eternally loyal. God is eternally binding. God is eternally constant. He is infinitely devoted. He is steadfast. He is true. That's what it means to be faithful, binding, constant, devoted, steadfast, true, loyal. That is our God. That's our God. If, if I could ask the band to make their way back. Listen, these characteristics make up the God that we serve. That is who God is. Those things, faithfulness, that's who he is. Listen to this now. Maybe as our band gets ready, they played a song, and you know, I didn't talk with Rod at all about any of this, but they played the song this morning, I Will Walk by Faith. wonder if we can do that one again here momentarily. Thank you. Church, remember, it's not just some song, not just words. It's an extension of our life. It's an extension of who we are. When we, when we sing that again momentarily, I want to finish up with this. All those characteristics that I just read to you about God that, that make up the faithfulness aspect of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this. It says that one of the names of God is faithful and true. If you're involved on Sunday night at all and you've come to our studies last week, in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, we, we saw this verse. And this is John writing. He says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. This is referring to Christ Jesus, who's sitting on this white horse. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. That's Jesus. His name. He's not just righteous. He's not just faithful. That's his name. He, he is that. He is called that. He's righteous. He's faithful. He's true. So what's life going to be like in 10 years for us? I don't know. Are we still going to be here in 10 years? I don't know. Will we still have religious freedom in 10 years? I don't know. But I know what Jesus is going to be like in 10 years. Matter of fact, I know what Jesus is going to be like in 1,000 years. Just to be goofy, I know what he's going to be like in 10 million years. He's going to be exactly the same as who he ever was, who he said he was, as recorded in these scriptures. Do you believe that this morning, church? Do you believe that God is faithful? Isn't that enough for you? If you start to focus on it and believe it and live it, it becomes enough. It's enough for me to get up out of the bed every morning. It's enough for me to move forward. It's enough for me to say, um... Man, I don't know what they're going to do, but I know what direction I'm going. I'm going forward. Y'all can sit there and doggy paddle in place if you want to because you're scared of unknowns. That's fine. I'm moving forward. Listen, don't just believe in it, but trust in it. Live like you trust in it. God is faithful, and he will see us through whatever the future holds. Can I get an amen for that? Amen.